All right, welcome back to Off the Tap. This week is episode 38, or episode 7 of season 2. Didn't mess it up this time. No, confirm this go around. Uh, we went through a little bit of an activity right before we started. Yes, 38 overall and 7 of season 2. Bingo. And this week we are doing Paradigm Brewing Unforgotten, which is a light blonde, I believe. It, it's a blonde for sure. I don't know necessarily if they're classifying it as light, but it's a blonde. I would I would say based on uh, ABV, probably a light. Yeah, because I have it listed at 4.5. I don't know if that's... Yeah, that's true. It shows okay. it on the can. And we had no IBUs listed on the interwebs. Um, I think we've, we've done a paradigm before. We did their Oktoberfest, and... It's just a new brewery in Tomball, Texas, and uh, there's just not a lot of like info about their beers out there yet because they're only sold in select areas. So, fun fact: it's it takes longer to say World Wide Web than www. I, I don't know why I just thought of that. Uh, I think because you said World Wide Web, something like that. Uh, but yes, Paradigm Brewing, the old. Which it's that's actually kind of interesting because www is more syllables. Than World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Yeah, I don't know. I heard that somewhere. I don't know if that's necessarily true. We can run the audio back and, and time it, but yeah. That's also maybe oh. just an American thing or maybe a Southern thing because we shorten W to WW. w yes, that is true. Also, it, it irks me when people still say that. They're like, you're going to go to www. Like, listen, it's 2022. Nobody's been WWW in for quite some time. We know. It's, it's all done. It's. It's paradigmbrewingcompany.com. You don't need the www or right. www, which or well, what which brings about... me to another point real quickly. Okay. It's actually two. It's actually two V's. So I don't know why we're saying www oh, when it's yeah. two V's. But anyways, I digress. Actually, uh, in high school, I changed the way that I wrote my W's because of that thought process. So it had to be the loops, not the points. Yeah, I looped my W's, even though that's not the correct way to do it. Depends on how lazy I'm being. But back to the old T-Town, the old Tom of Balls. <laughs> Paradigm oh, Brewing. Tom's Balls, eh? The old Tom Balls. Um, yeah, so Light Blonde, 4.5. I'm going to get into it and give it a taste here. I agree. Unforgotten. So branding on the can, as we do weekly, um, kind of has a patriotic feel to it. I get like uh, military respect vibes. Maybe there's a period of time throughout the year. I don't know if this is a seasonal or if this is a continual brand for them, but periodically throughout the year, I guarantee you they're like, hey, we're giving a dollar back of every six pack to some particular branch of the military that's under respect for that season. Um but anyways, uh, pretty pretty sweet graphic, I think. Um, very patriotic, if you will. Unforgotten blonde beer. What's funny to me is they call it out as a blonde beer on the can, not a blonde ale. Oh, good lord! It hmm. pours like a beer. Does it now? We got a good pour on our hands here. Oh, dude, Ooh. it's beautiful. Uh, this is the top-down approach, but the head shrinking as it should. We're getting some exhaustion of those bubbles. It's breathing through that upper foundation, which is kind of um, oxymoronic. Upper foundation. Um, 
But yeah, great color. A little bit of cloudiness. I can't remember if we talked about this. When we, when we did the Oktoberfest, there was some... that I had a cloudiness issue with it, right? I don't know if they're just not filtering their beers to my liking. Or I haven't tasted it yet. I don't know if they're not filtering them to my liking. But yeah, there seems to be some cloudiness across all versions of Paradigm. I do believe so. Um, yeah, I think you did have a little bit of an issue with the... Uh... Bro, tell me that doesn't look like some shit out of a commercial, though. Look at it, huh? Oh, yeah. It does look nice. It does have a nice pour. Anywho, so yes, they're not filtering as long. Continue. I cut you off. Maybe not. I mean, it's just a, it's a smaller brewery right now. Like I said, they're not, you know, not uh, available in a lot of places. It's more localized than anything. I know they're at, like, HEBs in the area, uh, Total Wine and Morn, and uh, maybe some Kroger's. I don't remember, though. Um. So I did just like throw the website up just to, and honestly, I had didn't even peek at it beforehand, but like, this is when, you know, branding has done its job. I want to read this line here. Um, so they talk about it being with Vienna malts, German hops, all that stuff, unforgive, unforgotten, smooth experience, whatever, but to be determined once I drink it, but their foundation here for 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 the beer itself is but the real story behind this brew is our heroes right so first responders police and our military so without even understanding that you can tell by the can that that's what they go into uh we honor their efforts and sacrifices to keep us safe and a portion of the what was it what did i say a portion of the proceeds from every beer goes to help support them so dude okay hats off from a from a sales slash marketing guy hats off to paradigm for building a can and a visual brand that immediately made me assume those things and that's what they were targeting i listen yeah, i don't know what it, i don't know what it tastes like but it's a win in my book even without that and not because it's just close to home but because like they're doing exactly what they set out to do by looking at the outside of the can let alone what's inside Right. Um, so, well, I am a few sips in, so I don't know if you have gotten you a taste yet. Uh, I do think it's a little hoppy for mm. what I consider like a, a, a blonde, but I like hoppy, so it kind of fits my play, my, my flavor profile a little bit. I, I almost said flavor profile, just, by the way. Starting off yeah, hot. Thank God that that t that term is not, uh, you know, trademarked. Because then you like if if the term was trademarked, then you would have to say flavor flow fly flow whatever. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, um, I'd have to say TM at the end of it. Dude, I agree that it does have some hoppiness to it, but man, I think sometimes blondes don't. You know, they're they're a little uh, self-conscious, if you will. They don't have the self-confidence to, you know what? It's okay. I understand you're a blonde, but have some confidence in your hops. Have some confidence in your malts. Yeah, step outside of your stereotype a little bit, you know? Exactly. And so I think that this is a blonde with self-confidence. That's what I think that mm -hmm. we've gotten from Paradigm here. I don't remember exactly what I said about their Oktoberfest. And again, I'm not just boasting because they're close to home, but like... This is a blonde with balls, is what this is to mm -hmm. me. It's got some confidence in its in its hops. It's got some confidence in its malt, and so yeah, I'm not mad. It is hoppier than a regular blonde, but ah, I'm in. 
Yeah, I I really do enjoy the flavor of it, honestly. Uh, it was, I mean, I've I've actually had it before. I think, I think I had it when I went to visit the brewery, but it, that's been like a year ago, so I didn't really remember it much, and I hadn't had it since. So, um, I I I will. Well, I mean, obviously, draft is going to be significantly different, but I will say, um, I feel like. A lot of what we're getting, and maybe this is every can. I don't know. Maybe they're pretty damn consistent. But uh, I feel like maybe some of the hoppiness, some of the malt, some of everything that's coming through could be because it's not filtered extremely well. Mm, so maybe, maybe it maybe it becomes. I don't want to say it's a stereotypical blonde because I think it's more than that. But um, I think some of it's because of the volume of filtering. <clears throat> could be you said maltiness and now that is coming through a little bit and it almost it almost makes me feel like it is kind of uh this time of year relevant you know because like yeah. i feel like a lot of uh like christmas time beers or holiday beers or whatever are a lot more malty than uh than other time of the year and and to that point i think a lot of so even hoppiness i think a lot of the hoppiness is clouded by like the um the seasonal spice undertones, right? Think about like a Christmas ale or a winter ale or something. They cut or they curb a lot of the hops by that spice blend that goes on top. But you're right, foundationally malty. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so we're feeling pretty good about it. We'll get into the, the ratings at the end like we usually do. Absolutely. Uh, right now, what's, what, what's up? No, no, real quick, I, I got to mention. Listen, yeah, off the tap. So we're going to talk about the beer for the first five minutes, irrelevant conversation for an hour, and then we'll tie up how we feel about them at the end. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. We're off yeah. the tap, bro. Um, That's right. So back on topic, which is off topic, uh, onward. <laughs> yeah, so it's the time of year now where free agency and baseball is going crazy. We got people signing everywhere. Um JV's gone from Houston, which we kind of expected, right? Signed a, a two-year deal with the New York Mets, 86 mil for a 40-year-old pitcher. Uh, one year out of Tommy John. Listen, he had a great year last year. I'm thankful that we had him. Um, but that's a bit of a steep price, I think, for for two years. Yeah, but it's at 40, 43 mil. I mean, I know that they don't divide it equally, right? And there's like all these different clauses, but $43 million per season, essentially, if he were to hang around. Um, and, you know, listen, at for, you know, you know very well, like whenever he went into free agent, like immediately, right? Day after or whatever goes into free agency, I had concerns about losing him. And you were like, you know, you, you guys, right? Eric, you know, Eric included, were like, hey, listen. I, you know, I, it would hurt to, it would hurt to lose him. But then immediately that triggered something in me to be like, you know what? I'm not saying we're better off without him. It'd be great to have him around. Yeah, right. But ultimately, man, I, 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 I really don't think him staying in the Astros organization is going to better or hurt our chances of, of performance in the next season. Right. And especially if it free, you know, if, especially if, he was wanting that kind of commitment as far as like money is concerned, not the years, but money is concerned. I, I think we're kind of better off. I love JV, but I think we're kind of better off if he's chasing something like that for such a short tenure at his age coming off of the year that he came off of. Right. I mean, I can't blame him for going and getting the bag, right? Came here, brought us two chips, got two Cy Youngs here. 
Um, it's time to send him off, leave us with the younger guys. Hopefully they pan out the way we need them to. But yeah, I think I would uh, rather take that 43 mil a year and spend it on some bats, you know, get some get some replacement bats to make the offense even scarier than it is. Um, it looks like that's what we're going to do. So pretty happy about that, at least. Um, other news, though, there's been other some some other big free agents. Uh, Trey Turner, who was a Dodger last year, is now signed with the Phillies for 300 mil for 11 years. Yeah, so again, it's not the price tag on that. Obviously, if you did the math, that's nowhere near, well, 300 mil. Yeah, I mean, that's slightly it's, below it's where JB's than, at. Yeah, less than 30 mil a year. But but, but here's my here's my thought process on there. How How old is this guy? I really don't know how old Trey Turner is. I think he's like 27-ish maybe, 26-ish. Okay, so I haven't I so so the the good news to your answer is I have an argument for both sides, okay? We're talking about 11-year contract, all right? So if this guy was like wet and, behind the sorry, ears and a ahead. no trade clause. Continue. Wow. Yeah. No trade clause. Is there like is there an option anywhere? Uh, I'm not sure about options, but there was no. I know there was a no trade clause included in it. Uh, okay, so I think the no trade clause is smart on his behalf, dude. I would hate the insecurity of being um, paid. I mean, I don't. I don't say I would hate it, but like I hate. I would hate the insecurity of leaving a ball club that I'd committed to um, under a payout to go somewhere else. I mean, I guess it's to your benefit when it happens, but I, I feel him. I think he wins on the no trade clause personally. Um, but two other things that I would say is like, I have an argument for however you would have answered that question, regardless of age, I have an argument on both sides, right? We're talking 11 years. Okay. Which for almost, I would say 80% of baseball is a career. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you think about a rookie that you're dedicating to, and I know he's not a rookie, right? He's, he's in the middle ground there. But if you think about a young kid that even if he blew through the minor leagues, like there's no way in hell that you can tell me you could gamble on whatever stats he's generated in the minor leagues to dedicate to a contract that's 11 years long, regardless of money, right? I don't care if they were paying. I mean, I guess if they were paying this kid like $30,000 a year, obviously you could commit to 11 years, but that's not baseball, right? Right. So I just don't know for that tenure, no trade clause, maybe your limited options that you could dedicate to a rookie that blew his way through the minor leagues um, for an 11-year contract, right? Not fair to him and not fair to your organization, ultimately, if there is payout, or even if it's low money. The The opposite end of that is, is you've got a guy now that's, let, let's say you got a guy that's slightly older than that, okay? You've got a guy that's maybe 30, all right? 20, mm. I don't know, 20, 28 to 30. 11 years is, he's already been in the system, right? He's already been in play, playing major league ball. Like now you're committing him to where possibly physically and performance wise, he could be at a retire, I'm air quoting here, a retirement age within five years of that 11 year contract. So I just don't know how folks are justifying 11 years, regardless of money, regardless of previous performance and left in the tank tenure, uh, 11 years doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, from an organizational standpoint, it's a really ridiculously long time. Like, obviously, from a player standpoint, you want a longer contract, 
a necess- I mean, I guess not everybody does necessarily, but you're looking for a longer contract for the security, right? So that you you feel secure and that you'll have a job for the next decade, regardless of your performance, basically, right? I'm sure there might be stipulations and stuff. Maybe sometimes not, but usually there's some stipulations in the contract and stuff that can help with that for an organization. But from a player perspective, it makes sense. I don't know if I want my organization to go out and give that kind of length of a contract. Um, like you said, it's just not, not only like, not only for age does it matter, but when you're talking about any professional sport, God forbid, I don't want anyone to like ever get hurt and have an injury that affects their career in any way, but it's a very possible thing. And so you're, when you give a contract like that out, you're banking on this guy to be relatively healthy for the next decade plus. And that's a lot. Like I, normal human beings can't be healthy that long. Well, that, that, that so there's that point, right? And I guess maybe that's what I was kind of referring to in the whole retirement age situation. I meant like yeah. physically or even mentally, right? There's going to be so many changes for that organization. I don't care what organization it is. There's going to be so many changes, front office, players built around it, whatever that happened in that 11-year uh, tenure. Um, one of the things that, that I like all the time I – I get, I, I don't know I don't know if this even really makes sense, right? Because I don't know if there's like stats that support this or not, but like in my personal opinion, anything that is is fruitful for the organization and fruitful for the player, right? Whether he goes on to have a phenomenal career somewhere else or if he's already had a phenomenal career and he's he's, you know, landing his plane per se, his career plane at a organization. A contract has to be half-assed mutual benefit, mutually beneficial, in my opinion, right? If you look at people right. that have been successful with an organ, like look at JV, right? He came to Houston. Obviously, he was paid well. He had some couple of, you know, I think he had two different short stints, right? I think we, we extended yeah. him for one particular, yeah. So the under those particular circumstances, the money and the tenure made sense because where he was at in career, it was mutually beneficial to both the organization and to the player. And what did we see out of it? Yeah. Dose, right? Two chips. So I, yeah. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that, it, that, you know, that there's maybe, maybe that's anecdotal, right? Maybe there's not actual stats to back that up, but I would like to see mutual mutually beneficial contracts and how they benefited both the club and the player um, as far as success versus long-time lopsided contracts or short-term lopsided contracts where the player's getting the shaft. I'd like to see that. Well, I mean, realistically, it just comes down to pretty much what organization it is and how willing they are to spend money regardless, right? Because at a certain certain point with the Yankees and the Dodgers, they're going to give out these big contracts and just eat it if someone gets hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to them. So I was literally going to say all of the stats, whether they're anecdotal or they have numbers to back them up or whether that's that warm and fuzzy passion, all of it goes out the window when you look at the organizations like the Yankees or the Dodgers where mm-hmm. they just have infinite money to throw around and obviously no morals. Yeah, yeah, right. Which I, I can kind of get into that toward the end of this topic uh, again a little bit. But um, anyways, keep going. Yeah, so uh, also Jacob deGrom signed a five-year deal with the Rangers, which uh, if he stays healthy for that whole time, 
it's going to be scary for us for the next five years. We're going to have to face one of the best, arguably the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. Uh, That's fine. I mean, ultimately, to, in my opinion, still, regardless of performance this year, I mean, you're still tying the bricks of the Rangers around his ankles. Like, they're always yeah. going to have a flaw in their um, offensive lineup and some of their uh, some defensive holes within their system. So you can put whoever you want to, you know, on the hill. And, uh, uh, and obviously, it'll help their stats overall. But, like, he's one particular individual in a rotation of folks. So... Eh, right. It's not the end all be all. Uh, and I think there's been a couple more signs. Oh, uh, Cody Bellinger to the Cubs for one year. This was surprising to me for 17 and a half mil for recent Cody Bellinger. Oof, that's that's a price tag for the Cubs. I I don't know what they're doing out there. They they must also be running with unlimited money at this point because when you're giving that Maybe. guy 20 mil, that's crazy. You know, sometimes middle-level rollers want to throw the dice with the guys that are high rollers. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to get that that free giveaway, uh, that, that, that comped hotel room and the free parking, you know, even though they're trying to pay bills on the side. So, something, it is what it is. Something like that. Maybe they're just really, really banking that the shift is going to wake him back up, or the, the ban on the shift. Bro, here's the thing though. It, it listen, the con- it's so funny to me. Like postseason, let's say we're having this conversation exactly postseason from now, right? A couple month, a couple weeks, uh, back from now. I don't know how you want to phrase that, but um, and and let's say that it is fruitful to their overall performance. Would we'll be like, hey, a hell of a pickup. I mean, I know they overpaid, but a hell of a pickup. Like <laughs> yeah. that's just sports. But go ahead. Right. Yeah, we all have opinions now, but we got to wait until it pans out. Right. Yeah, or or it fails because we'll be talking the same shit if it fails. But yeah, and then the two large names still on the market are that of Carlos Correa, former Astro shortstop, former Twin shortstop, and of course big boy right fielder Aaron Judge from the Yankees. Um, a little bit of news broke on Twitter earlier uh, prematurely from one of the one of the MLB insiders, uh, and he immediately revoked it because he had wrong information real quickly listen listen you can pull back all you want from twitter but it's like being in a courtroom and you say something and everybody believes it and they're like hey tell the jury that they can't believe that yeah that's, that's exactly like, what you it can't is. take it back bro you, the jury yeah they're gonna go in that room and be like they told us to disregard this and you're gonna be like yeah but everybody believed it and they had facts to back it up so yeah. uh i'll believe what i want to believe but yeah go ahead but he uh, he tweeted out and said uh, Aaron Judge to the Giants was happening, and uh, the Giants was happening, yeah, or or is happening basically that it had yeah. happened. Uh, it was just uh, you know things being signed and whatnot at this point, but like they had agreed on a contract. Uh, immediately deleted the tweet and apologized for prematurely saying something that he didn't have a hundred percent facts facts on. Uh, because the Giants apparently haven't heard back from Judge yet, but they offered him north of three hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, dude, and obviously everyone had been tracking and trending with knowing he was going to end up there, right? So, I mean, it, yeah, it, maybe he because he doesn't have confirmation and he can't spread false narratives, like he has to pull it back from a Twitter perspective. But I mean, come on, I think we're all betting in that boat. Like we've all been, we can hope. I just, I'm just hoping that he doesn't end up back in the, in New York because I'm going to be real honest with you. 
yeah, it, that's what I mean. Not I even because I hate New York. Yankees. Not even just for my hate of the Yankees, but for my for my genuine hope for him. Like he deserves to have a better fan base than the Yankees. Because yeah, I mean, he he had a great year this year. And when he would go out and strike out twice in one game, they would boo him, dude. And I'm just like, why why do you treat somebody you know that half of those people going to the Yankees games were going to watch him? Nobody what who else are you going to watch? On Garrett Cole, maybe? Who else on that Not team me. are you Well, I mean me need me either, but I have else? a personal vendetta. I'll set that aside, but yeah. Yeah, well, me too. But you know. I don't know who else you would pay money uh, to go to a Yankees game to watch other than Aaron Judge. I I just feel yeah I for the sake of also for his you know I don't know man like dude Sanity. you know how yeah well not just that but like I just feel like you know we th- 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 I know baseball's different or any sports different but think about the outside world man I don't I don't think you necessarily grow if you're with the same organization I'm a genuine believer in that I'm not saying you got to jump every you know five th- two three five years there's no stigma of where you have to stick with but genuinely if you want to grow you have to understand a number of different organizations a number of different ball clubs in this in this scenario different challenges right what talent you have money you got cap you got like i just feel like for him to be successful for i think to fulfill himself because this is the kind of person i think he is for him to fulfill what he thinks is success which is not just putting a ring on, on his finger i think it's ultimately um overcoming obstacles and being a great team or building a good organization he's not gonna do that in new york <clears throat> no i really don't think so um and also he can get to go home right because he's from california i think it's just a great fit i think the team would get significantly better they would be a lot more fun to watch um and i would be able to like aaron judge again so i would like that to happen yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have a hatred for the Yankees, but I still respect him as a as a oh, player, even when he's respect. whooping our ass, right? Yeah, and especially uh, when he's whooping our ass because you know we're the best. So my 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 respect. respect. It's funny that I can. I mean, I'm just gonna say it again. This is the one of those ones that'll come back to bite me. But like my respect levels out. It's like um, I respect him because he's a great player, even though he plays for the Yankees. But also, he's from California, so like, argh, yeah, kind of hard, you know? Right. Um, and I heard uh, regarding Carlos Correa, so I brought them up together, that the Giants are also going to go after Correa. Uh, Good Lord, have they been sitting on a pocketbook over there? What's going on? Again, man, that's just that California money, I guess, man. Everybody's got it except for Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> They're all willing to spend it except for the athletics, bro. I don't get it. Bruh. Oakland, look, all of these people are talking about, like, you know, Judge, Correa, like what prospects in free agency can we pick up? Oakland's hitting the the, the local high schools, bro, trying to pick up somebody. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I mean, if I'm being honest, though, like the athletics over the past, I don't seven or so years that we've been, that the Astros have been relevant, the athletics have built a lot of, talent throughout their organization and then they just trade it away every time that they get good and i'm i just don't under i feel so bad for those fans i really do i 
Listen, I think the underlying message here is that, um, you know, at its foundation, uh, professional sports, baseball included, is a business. And Oakland is excelling uh, in at least, you know, being profitable. Excelling. Um, They're excelling at selling. You you can capitalize and underline the sell part. That's what you're hinting at. Right. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's still a successful business. I, um, it keeps folks around. I'm not. I don't know necessarily what the commitment at Oakland has. Or Oakland fans <laughs> not have really. to they're, the they're trading all their fans. I mean, they're trading all their players. They're not really keeping them around much. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about their fan base, right? No, I mean, there's still a there's still a justification for a ball club there, right? Maybe, man. I don't <laughs> know. In the same thing happened to the Raiders, man. Exactly, and maybe maybe they they jump ship, but uh, I tell you Vegas, what, I listen. I'd, just go to Vegas with the Raiders. Vegas needs a baseball team. Let's be real here. I get it. I'd much rather, though. I tell you, even in California, even with the fan base trading right away the players, not respecting the um, the uh, community that supports it, I'd still much rather be an Oakland fan than a Texans fan. I'll put it that way. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. It's a better organization. So. <laughs> Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, one more touch on baseball real quick. I said I would bring this back up. Uh, I believe it was either today or late last night. Uh, there was a report brought out that, uh, the MLB was giving juiced balls to the Yankees late in the season. Uh, they were given juiced balls mainly to Yankees games and in the playoffs and so forth. I mean, so... How is this? I, I I don't understand how that that can be justified. Like I understand both sides are getting access to them, but like why? I I don't I. We, everybody can just assume that it was for the the views for the for the Aaron Judge home run chase. That's at what everyone can say. Okay, so uh, uh, to me, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really give them. It doesn't give the Yankees an advantage, really, in any way, because, like you said, both teams have them in the game. So does it matter? It's still, it's still, regardless of if they know how it's going to turn out, it's still a variable that is ultimately determine determining the game. Oh yeah, it it's a determinant. I just mean, you know, one side. Well, I mean, <laughs> Yankees probably benefited more for it because they had a lot of big hitters, but you know. So then, I mean, I get this is baseball, man. So then you can go, all right. So the ball's juiced, and we both have access to it. But based on batting average, the upper hand is gifted to whoever's toting heavier numbers walking up to the plate. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's that. The other piece of it is too, like, dude, I get so frustrated about like, and you and I have had exhaustive. We're not even going to go down this path, but we've had exhaustive conversations about. Nolan Ryan's ability to perform and be the Nolan Ryan of today, because I don't believe that that's true. But like over time, okay, we look at all these stats, we look at all these records, and like people are breaking them, but we're also literally juicing the system in which they're playing. Yeah, right. I mean, how do how do you compare? You're, You're never comparing statistic apples to statistic apples. You never can in any sport anymore. It's just like people comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan, right? She said different era of basketball, man. You, they're hard to compare. 
Okay, I maybe mean, you can so, compare like, numbers to, and stuff, but but talent wise, there's differences in who they played against. You know, the rules that were in place. Same with football, right? Like Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously the. I mean, he's the goat, right? I mean, regardless of the rules oh, and everything, but okay. And, and listen, I I will give you both of those arguments, okay? But when is the last time? That the NFL filled a football full of helium. Yeah, no, no, you. you know yeah, you're saying? making a point. Like, yeah, it, zero sense. And and honestly, man, it. I don't know. Again, I don't want to get too serious. I feel like I've been hard edged this whole uh this whole episode. But like, I, that's infuriating to me because, I you know, again, I've I've said this many many times in conversations we've had either on the podcast or we've had just in person, like. The thing that I love about baseball, I know you love action. I know you, and we all do. We love that good Mm -hmm. rocket, you know, that good moonshot. But like, to me, solid baseball can be watching a no hitter um, that ends up with, you know, a a single run, right? Two base runners and an entire nine innings because of defensive effort um, or, you know, you see what I'm I saying? So I, I, it just infuriates me that people are like, oh, we need to have uh, some some crazy uh, deep-filled shots. I think true baseball fans are more um, programmed, whether it's because of just tenure, to understand that, like, with this guy in this position, like, this is the approach that we take, and he doesn't even – he can't even make a play on the ball. Right. Like that that That's the way – I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I love a good home run as much as the next person, right? I, you, I mean, they're fun to watch. It, it, if it's earned, though, don't 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 gift it with some magical yeah. dust you're injecting in the core of a fucking baseball. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, I enjoy watching it, but there's nothing I like more about baseball than than some good old small ball on offense, bro. Get you a couple singles, get a base runner on, trade spots with the runner on second. You know, do your Dude, thing, man. Team effort. Which is gonna go away, and not very many people take advantage of it. But like, hey, let's just let's just stick the shaft to the old uh, shift, man. Let's yeah. opposite field when you got everybody shifted to the right. That's baseball, dude. That's baseball. Here's where they're lined up. This is what the stats say. Overcome the stats. Yep, <clears throat> I agree. <clears throat> All right, one more thing I wanted to talk about, contract related, before we move on to our next topic is the absolutely ridiculous contract that Cristiano Ronaldo just got for a Saudi Arabian league. Uh, Cause he just recently parted ways with, uh, I think he was with Manchester United. Uh, I as, have no idea. Most I've, recent. I've not kept up with him, but I just want you to give me a random shot of an annual number. You think this guy's getting paid for one year. Annual number. I'd hate to overshoot it and just burst that bubble, but annual I'll say $180 million. Two hundred million dollars a year. That, my friend, is what we call fuck you money. Yeah, so that's more than fuck you money, but also it's irrelevant. Like how long? Not that the contract length matters, but how long yeah. are they trying to tie him there? I I don't even know. I just know that it was two hundred annual. Um, we we were just sitting here talking about the longevity of contracts and the fact that Aaron judge might get 360 million. And that's crazy for probably 10 years, you know, eight, 10 years, this guy's getting almost that in one year of football so, or soccer. To, for that, us, but. 
So I, I'm going to make two points. I'm going to make them quick, even though that's not my way. Obviously, everyone's aware that I'm long-winded. But the two points I'll make is this. Love American baseball, okay? But the revenue that Aaron – and it's ridiculous. But the revenue that, that, that San Francisco, with a lengthy contract with Aaron Judge, that they're going to generate over that span of time is by no means going to equal the equivalent that Cristiano Ronaldo will. Okay, I'm not saying that justifies the contract, but it helps me digest. Well, it it does, but it helps me. um, First off, I don't know if any human being should be compensated that way, right? Regardless of if with one shitty tackle you can end your career, right? Um, I'm just saying the club, the old, overall, the economics of it makes a little more sense in, in soccer slash, you know, football than it does in any other sport. Um, well, I mean, second, worldwide, it's the biggest sport on the face. Of the right. Planet, that, so. that, that's why I'm saying the economics make sense. Right. Yeah. Um, sec, second thing though, is why is Saudi, is the, are the Saudis just taking over all the fucking sports? It's like they, it's like they decided at some point they were like, Hey, we got the surplus of money. Um, obviously we need to invest it so that we can get some like national folks off of our back, uh, because you know, things are shady over here and that's why we have the abundance, but like dude, golf first, it makes sense. To, I don't know why they chose golf first, but like. Either way, you secondly, know, probably because soccer. there's real, no real competition with PGA. That's probably why they shot for golf first, honestly. And contrary to probably popular belief, there's a lot of money in golf. A lot. That, 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 that's what I was going to say. Just the money, the sheer money involved, not even through sponsorships, but like just the sheer money in in human capital because of... of um, investments by um large companies that that um sponsor yeah. those those folks uh, it, it makes sense but anyways listen first it's golf first it's you know second we've got um uh, soccer now like just when is it before they take over you know like uh like curling you know or um or bumper pool league or something like that you know i'd be damned if i let shuffleboard fall to the saudis yeah, that was a bold. That was a bold statement, but I think that I think they would understand. I'm frustrated. Yeah, it's frustrating when you just got all this money and you can just do whatever you want with it, right? Honestly, I don't blame folks for going there to play either. I mean, obviously they're trying to build a career yeah, for themselves, but you know, um, kind of blame them a little bit. Yeah, man, I mean that's, that's a, a ridic- lot of money, but ugh, where is that's, it coming from, ridiculous. brother? You know. So I uh, one one question I'll ask before we move on. I think it's a ridiculous contract. I don't know if it's justified for one human being, regardless of the revenue that it generates. But who do you think's the best of all time? Like like does this? Do I regard. I don't know if contract makes the man right, but does this prove to the world that Ronaldo is the best that football has ever seen? Hmm. See, I'm a little biased because I've always been more of a Messi fan than a Ronaldo fan. So I've always been on the side of the argument that Messi's better. But you can't sit here and say that he's definitely not top three, right? The, the Messi, Ronaldo, and what, like Pele or something? Like, yeah, Pele, those sure. three, Those three guys are by far the top three that I've ever played the sport, you know? And you could probably put... You could 
arguably put them in any order. Uh, yeah. But of this okay. generation, I think Ronaldo is more popular within the sport. Um, I think he has a more popular personality. He's easier to market. So that makes it easier for any league. And that's also why, well, another reason why Messi's going to make a lot of money is because he's great, obviously, and he's going to come to America and make all his money. So Here, kinda... here's the thing. I, I think the only difference in, um, as far as like the, the, the business and the money of professional sports, um, Ronaldo is marketed very well as the villain, but also as the protagonist. Yeah. Right? He, he's marketed well as both. Okay, maybe and and maybe even on the field, right? Because like when you see him play, he definitely gets frustrated. Sports his group gets frustrated both internally and externally with his um with his teammates. Um, but you love it all the same. Like if he's supporting yeah. his guy, his boys, right against the opposite team, you're like he's justified in it. But if there's a mistake that's made. Um, and he's he's lecturing someone that's on the field with him. It also seems justified, and that's the uh, the epitome of of being the villain and and the protagonist in marketing all the, all across the board. Yeah, I think that's what makes him such a great. I don't. I, he, I mean, he's a great player too, but I mean, that's what makes him so. Um, I guess spotlighted and and maybe gives cool. him the opportunity to be the elite. Right. It's definitely like like I said. It's definitely like his personality. Because that's what mm. separates him from Messi. Because realistically, they're both incredibly talented football players, right? I mean, very close in everything they do. But you hear more about Ronaldo because he gets in front of the cameras more and talks about stuff more. So, also the gap, man, it, it blew my. I mean, even watching just some of the World Cup stuff, and obviously not all of you know, like whatever. But the the world, like, just the gap in talent. Like no no offense to any like the, it's I'm physically incapable of doing anything that they do right but if you see like certain folks and it's not just Ronaldo not just Messi like there's a handful of folks let's say maybe Mbappe. five or six yeah Mbappe okay Mbappe is the new one if you look at those three individuals controlling the ball managing the flow of the game it's it's like they're all here. You can put them, you know, you can rank them however you want, but they're all here and everyone else easily 15 steps below. Yeah. You can and, and it's weird see, to yeah. me. And some people are just born with it, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Maybelline. No, no, no. no. Not an ad. <laughs> Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not. All right, we got another thing we wanted to talk about here, which was uh, shitty gift givers. Yeah, so pretty much, um, you know how like back in the day they would write things that describe people on a gravestone. Like if I were like if it was old school, like the the Wild Wild West, and they were to bury me, it would just say you know like it was generic. It would say like write, and then it would have the year. And then it would just say shitty gift giver. Like that's what would describe. I don't know if I would distill down strictly to just shitty gift giver, but um, it would, you know, it'd be, it'd be a close tie for how they would describe me. I mean, what do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think you're so bad at it? Are you just not able to connect with people? 
you know you know dude i i, I think what i think what it is is like i always try like, like anybody who's listened i always try to like distill things or like you know simplify things to like three things i'm gonna say or one two three like i feel gift giving is the opposite of that i can't say like you're one of three types of gift givers that doesn't make sense to me there's a whole spectrum of gift givers um but i have a tendency to fall into part of this spectrum like either a i overthink it i'm just like i'm gonna every for me in my mind every gift has to be the perfect gift Okay. There, there isn't. Okay, you see what I'm saying? And like, you're putting too much I, pressure on yourself. That's what's happening. That's exactly what it is. So, because every gift has to be the perfect gift, no gift is even okay. Mm. Yeah. Dude. So, when I when I think about somebody, I'm like, what, a, what what is the best gift this person's ever had? And then I seek to give them that gift, but I end up with something that is easily. I'm 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 batting a thousand on worst gift they've ever gotten, because I'm shooting for the stars. You know they're like, you know what is it? Aim for the moon. No, aim for the stars, and you'll hit the moon. Or I don't know what the analogy is, but like, dude, I aim for the moon every time and just shoot myself square in the foot. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know if it was you or or Katie that decided to get that for me that one year, but y'all got me spike ball one year, and that was awesome. Definitely, Katie. I mean, I was on board afterwards. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, it was a Katie gift. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Now, now I understand. Um, yeah. I think I, I, my problem with gift giving has always been, um, and this is why I struggle so much when we do White Elephant every year, right? Because I always go into it thinking, what do I, what would I want? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, like, so that, yeah, go ahead. So, so like I'll be shopping for, you know, one of my nieces or something, one of our nieces or something. And I'll be like, well, I mean, I think if I was a girl, I would want that, you know, but what do I know? I've never been a woman. I've never been a, a, a female. So that, that is part of the flaw. Again, it's a spectrum, dude. You don't fit into a category. It's a spectrum because occasionally I'll get lucky because I'm, I, my thought process for a second will shift and I'm like, I'm getting this for this person and it works out. But that mentality is, has burned me no less than a thousand percent of the time. Because when I think of, yeah, I think of this is what I would want or Oh my God, that's so practical. Like you can definitely use that. And guess what? It's a shit present. If in your mind you thought to yourself like, oh, of course, if I was a 16 or 17 year old female in 2022, that's what I would love. If you had that thought in your mind, trash present. Don't buy it. Just go somewhere else. Okay. Don't buy it. And, and, and by the way, it doesn't matter the age or the year or the demographic. If you had that thought with confidence, it's a trash present. Just you've failed already. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I do it every year. I do it every year. It does not matter who the person is. I mean, Katie, bless her heart. You know, it's been, ah, well, I mean, it's been 12 years since from a significant other, she's had anything that she would tell other people about ever. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And she just know. Honestly, though, I will tell. After a certain number of years, it gets great because she just has succumbed to the fact that like it's going to be a trash Christmas for her, or birthday, mm-hmm. or Valentine. It's not just Christmas, by the way. <laughs> it's birthday, Valentine, like everything. Just trash gift giver. Um, it hasn't motivated her to be a little more, um, you know, assertive with what I should get her, which is problematic. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, so 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 there's that. There's the you think it's gonna be right, okay? What yeah. else do you think makes a shitty gift giver? Hmm. I man, I I couldn't tell you. I don't think I'm that bad, other than the fact that I always just think, oh well, I might like that. I feel like I do pretty good. Another, I don't know, man. Maybe it's programming because like what I think is good is not what anybody thinks is good. Okay, so maybe you're okay oh, using that mentality. Um, but you know, that's just the trait of a shitty gift giver. The second thing is, is, um, sometimes I go in with the mentality of like, that's, that's the perfect gift that they can use. You know, that's how I finish the conversation. I'm like, they can use that. That's, that's, that, that mm. seems, that seems relevant. That seems, uh, practical. That's trash. So either I want it because I put myself in their shoes or it's practical and they should be able to use it or they have to be able to use it. That's second trash gift for me. It's like, it's like the old socks Christmas gift trick, huh? Yeah. So also here's the thing that checks both boxes for me. It's practical and I also want them. Socks doesn't matter, right? So <laughs> proven your point, proven my point right there. I don't know if it's just a guy thing or not, but I feel like it's it's just such a clutch gift, right? It's like that and underwear. It's like, bro, I'm never gonna turn it down ever, never, and I, I'll always and I'll use it. That's the thing. I'm not gonna the, throw it away ever. The other part to this is that when pe- people are like, "Oh, you know, I just got you socks," I'm like, "No, that's awesome," and they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Like, super genuine about the fact that it's awesome. Like, I'm right. going to look at whatever Joe Blow, like, whatever trash gift they thought was awesome, probably like I would. And I'm like, man, I mean, that's great, whatever. But, like, socks, underwear? No, I'm genuinely thankful. Because um, then you don't also don't have to go get them, right? Like, it's just so, getting like, going to buy a pair of socks or, like, a, a, a package of socks and underwear is just, like, Man, it's almost, you know what it is, honestly, it's almost kind of demeaning, right? You get up to the register and you're paying for those things and they're looking at you going, you got holes in your shit, don't you? Yeah. We know you do. We know you do. I don't. But if you buy them around Christmas time, they're looking at you going, you got a son or something or a cousin you get those for? Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't ever want to be in a circumstance where I, well, I, I haven't bought socks and underwears for God knows how long, um, but I, I don't want to be in a circumstance where, where I'm having to buy them, but I'm okay if they're gifted is what I want to say. Right. Um, but, but I think this is a problem that more than, more than just myself has, like, I don't know the number of 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 struggling gift givers you know how many how many shitty gift givers are out there you know people claim to be a shitty gift giver but like i feel like i could stats right we we need like sports stats for this yeah i mean or i could just be part you know i could reach out you know connect with right there should be some kind of support group or something on like facebook or 
or LinkedIn or something, you know? Yeah, I don't know if I'd want it to be so um, public. You know, I don't know how feel, how comfortable I would feel. Well, you should. Um, I feel like you you to be able to be part of the group, you should be have to submit some kind of application, right? And you would have to list the gifts you've given to people under the circumstance and uh, what that person meant to you, right? Or what that yeah. person's relationship to you. I I also just want to be comfortable. Um, you know, I just I just want to be comfortable just letting folks in on that. Like, here's what I was thinking. Here's the person. Here's the circumstance. What do you guys think? Right? Obviously, you're also right. not very good at giving gifts. What are your thoughts? Did I approach it right? You know, like some kind of shitty gift givers anonymous group type thing. 100%, right? So, like, I can sneak off, and I'm, oh, man, I'm going to lay this out as if it's degrading to that organization that we are spoofing, uh, unbeknownst to me. But, like, I'm not saying that I want to, I just want to be able to sneak off, you know? Just just hit a, hit a, um, a uh, used car sales, uh, sales floor after hours, bunch of, chairs set up you know what it is it's all those uh empty empty you like building units that spirit halloween always buys out during halloween time that are in like a strip center that way you can go into this empty building around like 5 5 5 30 or whatever do like a quick 30 minute sesh and then you you can y'all have to go out and shop together right you'll have to learn how to shop correctly 100%, but not before we sit for at least 45 minutes to an hour in an uncomfortable fold-out chair with a lukewarm tuna sandwich and talk about the decisions we made that put us there. And maybe some decaf black coffee. SGGA, you know, really could help folks overcome their struggle and the anxiety, really, the anxiety of having to buy one shitty gift after another. Like, Shitty Gift Givers Anonymous could could really, really pump some light back into a lot of people's holidays. Yeah. Because I, I struggle, man. I struggle. It's true. But SGGA could, you know, really put me back on top. Really get you back out there. I we didn't talk anything about the beer because obviously um that's just our MO. Introduce the beer, brief facts, irrelevance, and then recap. Um You can call me Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. I feel like that's a superhero we've yet to discover. If you think about all superheroes, I'm not getting off topic. We're not gonna go down that whole avenue. We'll save that for a later date, but if you think about it, all superheroes are Mr. Irrelevant until they are 100% necessary. Yeah. Did you that's true. did you tally? Uh I have some numbers written down here uh for mine. I I can go through them. Um for entry, I have a 4. Uh for aftertaste, I have a 4. For body, actually, I'm going to move that one up to a 5 myself. Um, color, I have a five bitterness. I'm at a two only because like we said, it's a lot hoppier than a normal, um, like blonde that I'm, that I'm used to. 
I enjoy mm-hmm. it, but it's more bitter than I feel like it should be as a blonde. Uh, acidity, I'm at a five. And fizz, boy, let me tell you, I'm at a six. Because if I haven't been burping this whole time, I don't know if y'all can hear it or not, but who? It's got a good one. I'm glad that you mentioned that and that we re-referenced the fact that we kind of uh, added that attribute into that particular category. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to hide them the whole time. I haven't done the best job. I think I had a few straight into the mic, but... I mean, I think that's um, what it's all about, right? We're we're drinking beers anyways. You, You should be burping. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that brings me to a total of 31. So pretty solid. If it wasn't, I mean, again, I enjoy the bitterness, the hoppiness of it, so I like that about it, but if it wasn't as bitter, it would have got a little bit of a better score relating to a, other blondes. Am I missing a category? I feel like my score is way lower than I would have thought, even though it scored very well. Um, eh, maybe not. Okay. Seven categories. Yeah, okay, so uh, entry, I have a five. Um, it It's very approachable. It's uh, it's what I think of. Aftertaste, I have a four. A little bit of it slides off just because, you know, I don't think it's stereotypical blonde. I enjoy it, but it is a little, even though it's a great thing, it's a very self-confident blonde. Um, body, I have a five. Very enjoyable. Color, I had a two, man. I struggle with the only downfall to every, I don't want to say every paradigm. I've only had three. We had the Oktoberfest. We've had this one, and then I had another one that was like their straight-up pills. Um, little too cloudy, uh, I think, to be a um, readily available mass-produced type beverage. I don't want to say mass-produced, but craft-worthy. I think it's a little too cloudy for me all the time, but I got a two there. Bitterness, I have a five. Right on point for me. Um, acidity, I have a three. I think it could have had a little more. There's some crispness that's missing. And maybe if we, if we dialed back the, um, bitterness from the hops and, and like that foundation of the malt, maybe acidity would have shown through a little more, but it didn't. Um, fizz, I have a five. Um, what, so total, I've got a 29, um, overall, which is a pretty solid score. You know, one thing I was going to mention last week, I mean, obviously, <laughs> to my liking, um, I rated it pretty badly, and I'll stand by that. Um, and then this beer, I really, really enjoyed. It was a great beer. Um, you know, I, I I think I've succumbed to the fact that, like, I don't know how many sixes I'll ever grant in any category. Because yeah, I'll always be assume there's room. I'll always assume that there's a heavenly beer or like the epitome of perfection that like I'll just never have access to. So in my opinion, if, if one particular category receives a five, like probably never going to see anything better, which is stupid because then you would just assume that's a six. But in my mind, that's not how that works. No, I mean, that makes sense. And when when we did this previously and we rated them, I, I never gave out a 10. Right, I never gave out a ten because, not not because the beers weren't good, they were some of them were incredible, but because I felt like there would always be something better. You know what I mean? I agree. Or there's always a chance for it. So, uh, but on in the sense of this scale, I'm just going based on other blondes that I've had 
that I feel like are the best I've had. No, one hundred percent. Like you know that. So that's why I, I've given out a few sixes in some instances. But in the back of my mind, I think this like I, I'm I'm. It's always somewhat compa- It's a subjective because it's on a scale, but it's somewhat comparable. But like. Who's to say that the blonde that I had that I think is the perfect blonde was the perfect blonde? So yeah, at right. best, it's a five out of six. Like, I don't think... So I, maybe I need to, like, change my mind to um, understand that, like, you know what? There is a six out there. It's okay to rate it a six. But I always feel like everything could be a little bit better. So to me, a five is as good as it gets as far as evaluating what I'm putting in my mouth today. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong there. I think it's all opinion based. It's not like you know, there's an overall beer tasting god that is saying this is how the scale needs to be. You know, it's just all your opinion, anyways. So, nonetheless, uh, great. I enjoyed it. I think I said something similar, maybe about that. I've actually, uh, uh, Paradigm has impressed me, man. I think that they've got some pretty unique plays they put their twist on things but they've got some unique plays on some pretty traditional beers if we look like an oktoberfest or a blonde or a pilsner um enjoyable overall i'm glad that their marketing represents the brand that they're building around this particular beer um and i could read it off of the can before even verifying it on the um website so you know, I don't know. I, 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 this isn't an ad for them per se, but um, man, I've been I've been extremely impressed. There's something that we used to do on the podcast um, that I've done a couple times here. I think you, you've you've done it a couple of times too without even knowing. But uh, we would always say, you know, what would we be doing with this beer? What would we see ourselves doing while drinking this beer? And uh, I do want to kind of get back into doing that because I think it's a cool little imagery thing you know um i i really don't have a specific event for this one unfortunately but i think it would be really honestly just like one of those daily drinkers like i could really almost do anything with this beer um it's it it, like we said it it has a little bit of a malt so it's good for this time of year um when it's when it starts getting a little cooler out but also it's a blonde so it's kind of it's probably pretty nice whenever it's warmer outside you know um just kind of an everyday drinker for me i think obviously not actually every day but you know i agree this might be out of bounds but like um whenever i you know periodically i love when like obviously i love to cook um especially outdoors um for all things but like i could see this being something where you're doing a a, a day cook or like a weekend cook outside with the guys. Um, and it, the temperature doesn't matter to your point. It can be cold out. It could be, you know, preferably it's, you know, springtime to be honest with you, just based on the temperatures of Texas, but where mm. everybody's coming over to experience what it is that you're offering them uh, from a cook perspective. It's not a stereotypical cookout beer. It's not a stereotypical, hey, I'm doing a brisket beer, right? But it's a, I'm inviting the boys over. It's just the boys um, because I'm being vulnerable and offering them whatever I'm trying to come up with. And that's what I see it as. Like, we're going to enjoy some good beers. 
we're going to experiment. There's some vulnerability because I don't know if this isn't a tried and true recipe. This is something that I'm experimenting with and I want them to give me honest feedback on. It's an honest feedback, um, new food exploration beer, in my opinion. Again, that's a rabbit hole we went down, but that's when I taste it, that's what it makes me think of. I feel it. I see it. I see myself there uh, experiencing that. Dude, you don't you don't get better without R&D, and this is a beer that fuels R&D. It fuels research and development on the taste buds, in your technique, whatever it is. And to the first responders. And to the first responders, because if there's anybody that has really phenomenal taste buds, it's folks that are waiting to respond. And technique, they invented it. They did. All right, on that note, I'm going to tell you all to go follow us on socials, on Twitter at Off the Tap Pod, and on Instagram at Off the Tap Podcast. Uh, check us out. Communicate with us, with us there. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I'll just leave you with uh, going into the week, and as a reminder, um, there is no Unforgotten Fizz.